0: Today's guest is so fun. She is an interior designer, an entrepreneur, a mom, and a wicked awesome color and pattern mixologist. It makes sense that she's an interior designer. Her parents were amateur designers and they owned a few houses over the years while she was growing up in the 70s. And she said she remembers playing with their fabric samples and their drafting supplies and their furniture templates fascinated her so much she was constantly drawing floor plans for imaginary homes. What a fun childhood. So it's no wonder that she went on to earn degrees in art history and interior design. And over the past 25 years, she's worked for several designers. She taught design classes for community education programs and volunteered at historic houses. She started My Groovy Home because she believes that your home can be your sanctuary. Oh my gosh, is that not the truest thing? (laughs) But without the pain of renovating, you can make it your dream home. She believes in repurposing whenever possible and basing your layout on your lifestyle and using interior design to make the most of the space that you've already got. Welcome, Nan Kruger. I am so excited to talk with you. You're listening to the Half Hippie Podcast with Tara Milo. I'm a half hippie, half princess, cat mom, city girl, introvert, and entrepreneur. I don't fit into a box, and you don't either, but I'm committed to making the world a better place through my lifestyle and my business. I love talking about sustainability because I know that you can make a positive difference without giving up the things you love. Here on the Half Hippie Podcast, we're talking about sustainability and entrepreneurship. We'll share stories about what makes us all half hippie and what our other half does to make a positive impact in the world. Let's go. Thank you so much for joining me. This is my first interview in a while, so I'm glad we're back and I'm back with you. (laughs) This is (laughs) going to be really fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's just like chatting.
0: Exactly. Yes. So I'm curious because I've seen your website and your business. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I was really drawn to it because you use the word groovy and it's kind of fun and hippie. So I want to know what hippie means to you. What does what is what comes to mind for you?
1: For me, uh, it takes me back to my childhood because mm-hmm. I was born in '62 my I have I had two older brothers the middle brother was 10 years older than me so he was very much um part of the age of hippie because he was born earlier so I don't know if I can really technically call myself a hippie I might be a little bit too late for that okay however I definitely vibe with the sensibility. I saw my brother sort of turn into a suburban hippie. (laughs) We lived in the suburb of Chicago. So like, I don't think he went to Woodstock or anything. And he sort of didn't like, he didn't, well, he wore sort of funky clothes, (laughs) but he grew his hair, he grew his beard and he was very cool. He was in a band with his friends and... I just think of that when I think of hippie and also just the general approach to life. I really love like, Mm -hmm. you know, free and easy, everything's okay. Yeah. You know, basically, you know, if you've got some clothes and an apple, you're good. You know, (laughs) you know what I mean? I love that idea. Um I don't think I could actually live that way because I really like my comfort., mm-hmm. yeah, yep. <laughs> however, I, and the the music, too, the music I grew up on., yeah. um, so the music always brings me right back to to when I was a kid. and when I was a kid, it, you know, I had a charmed childhood. I, I was mm. I was free and easy to do what I pleased. My parents were pretty, you know, low key, I was a third. So by then they were like, yeah, just do what you want. (laughs) (laughs) So I, yeah, I mean, part of it, it's taking me back to my childhood, which was a great time in my life Mm. and the sensibility of it, of, of just relax and chill out and things will be okay. Yeah. I love that too. Yeah. I could use more of that because sometimes I get, a little anxious about things work and such. So when I get back to my kind of hippie roots in that way, and I just calm down, yeah, (laughs) things are better.
0: I have the same association with the music. Like if I'm floating away, the music will bring me back. And it just puts you right into that mindset of chill out and things are okay. And I'm younger than you I was born in 78 so I don't have any associations to like the time the emergence of hippies but I definitely resonate with the the vibe
1: of it like yeah yeah for sure yeah and also the anti-war sentiment because I'm totally a pacifist Mm -hmm. Yeah. so that's another aspect of of hippiedom that I really resonate with
0: and I think that value of anti-war kind of spreads and informs a lot of our approach to different areas of life i think it does
1: anyway yeah yeah like it you know it doesn't have to be a confrontation it can be a conversation
0: yeah exactly but i really love what you do with your work and that's what stood out to me because it feels like it's in tune with sustainability and you are sensitive to that. so tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: I'm an interior designer and interior decorator. yeah they're slightly different in in my opinion um, and I do both and I concentrate more on the decorating. So interior decorating for me is about the um, things that are in the space, things that are in the room, the furniture, the colors, the textures, um, you know what's going on on the windows, what's happening on the floor, without touching the structure. So for me, that's interior decorating. Yep. Interior design is a much broader category. I, I see decorating as part of the process of interior design. Mm-hmm. for me design means actually designing the space so planning the furniture arrangement
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know planning out where things go planning the lighting um a little more technical things like that and that is all very part of design yeah and also it can definitely extend to recreating the space inside. So knocking down walls, Mm -hmm. um, as we see all over television, you know, let's knock this wall down. Um, (laughs) And, you know, adding on, maybe you're adding on an addition that that's part of design, you have to design that space first before you can decorate it. Yeah. Um, So those to me are a couple of the, the, the differences between the two. And one way that I really like to be sustainable is not to knock down walls, mm. is to keep the the structure intact and to design to make the most of what you already have. Yeah. And that for me is, is one of my main goals. You know, I'm not going to walk in and go oh, well, you know, I think we should knock down all the interior walls and make this entire thing open plan. And, you know, no, because Mm -hmm. when you start doing that, you start chipping away. And and I feel like the the issue gets bigger and bigger because first of all, you don't know what you're going to find behind the walls. So many times there's a surprise that you have to then suddenly pivot your design. Yeah. Um, And The waste, the waste of it. There's Mm -hmm. so much waste with a reconstruction project. Mm -hmm. There just is. And then where does all that go? Right. It goes to the landfill. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I would love to prevent that as much as possible. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I think that is what makes it kind of intimidating for me anyway, to think about connecting with an interior designer or decorator is like, well, is she going to make me get a new couch and tear out my walls and do all that stuff? And I don't want to do all of that. I can't afford to do all of that. And it's wasteful, like you said. So what, what do you do instead? Like, do you have something in a room? I think you mentioned touch points. Is that how you, yeah.
1: That's one of the things. So I, I do it through the decorating part. So um, if you could imagine sort of, you know, just a room. And in my mind, it's easy to do this because I don't live in the space. So like, if you imagine a room and then just take everything out of it. So it's just an empty space. Ah. Um, And then what can I do to enhance what is in the space? So yeah. let's say there's incredibly beautiful wood trim around the windows. So we, I design to bring that in as a focus. Maybe it's, maybe it's a focal point. Yeah. Um, maybe the windows are incredibly beautiful. Maybe you have an awesome bay window that, that could be a focal point of a space. Yeah. Um, maybe the flooring is gorgeous.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: maybe you have original wood flooring that's 150 years old that Mm. that just has the most awesome patina. And maybe that's a focus. So I'll see what's happening with the space itself first and see what we might be able to feature. And then layering in well, how does this person use this room? Mm -hmm. And therefore, what do they need in the room in order to use it in the way that they want? Yeah. Right. So then that, that layers on top of the space itself, the structure, the features. Yeah. So, you know, they might need a couple of chairs and a sofa and, and a table and that sort of thing. And then in the choosing of those pieces is also part of the design so i mean we just wouldn't choose any sort of chair in any sort of color you know it has to be part of the uh design plan Mm -hmm. so all of the things that go back into the room like once i mentally take everything out yeah and then we place things very deliberately in order to support the function of the space right um then So those pieces and the features of the room become the decor, the design,
0: the decoration. Okay, that makes sense. So in my, I'm thinking of my room and I love my apartment so much. I talk about it all the time. That's great. I have these gorgeous hardwood floors. I actually looked at another apartment and it had everything else I wanted. It had a dishwasher and a bathtub and like everything, but it had crappy floors. And I'm like, no, I can't leave these floors. I love them. But there's a blanket in here that's like gold, and it's not a color that I would ever choose, but it is so gorgeous. And I find myself now being drawn to gold in other areas. And I wonder if that gold is trying to lift out the f- color of the floor. And Ooh. like, can you add a touch point? If, like, maybe the floors are the touch point, but maybe the gold blanket is an added touch point. I don't know. Tell me. Yes.
1: Yes. So I didn't even use the word touch point. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> um, so I guess I was getting to that. So once you layer things in, yeah, like I said, they have to be part of the design plan. So you make a plan for everything before you buy anything. Um, and then once things are layered in like the, the blanket, um, the particular um colors that are in the upholstery say or the shape of a leg or um, a certain wood tone so that wood tone say could be in three or four different spots around the room in other objects and those touch points make the pieces relate to each other you know so you might see okay so a curvy leg on a table might be reflected in maybe a curvy um, lamp that's on the other side of the room. So Mm. curvy is, you know, a touch point in that space. So what else could we add in that might be a little curvy that'll just support that theme? Mm -hmm. Um, So touch points to me are Little pieces around the room that you don't necessarily notice first, but that support those themes that you're going after in your design plan. Or so you know, you could do it with colors as well. So like maybe orange is an accent color for you. So you know, it's on a pillow, it's on a lampshade, it's on a blanket, and those are touch points that. So they they. They bring the the theme of the decor together. Right. So things relate to each other. Yeah.
0: So colors and even patterns like this, yes. the curvy or the, yeah, the it's kind of groovy, right? To have curvy right. things. Those. Right. I'm, I'm nervous of those. So that would be something I would have to talk to an interior designer about just to get permission to bring in some patterns because <laughs> patterns make me nervous.
1: <laughs> I Why know they what colors you I love,
0: but tell yeah. me about patterns. I don't know. I don't want them to clash or yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't want to make the wrong decision and be stuck with something.
1: That is, that is such a very common fear. Mm. For people who are not familiar with design or decorating, that's a very common fear. They're afraid of making a mistake. Yeah. And they're afraid of making a big, expensive mistake. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, So those little things, like you can't really make a mistake with a pillow, really. It's just a pillow, you know, or even a blanket. Um, Those accessories, you can't really make too much of a mistake. Um, but like with patterns so one one um, guideline is if you are aiming to mix patterns in a room think about the scale of those patterns and you want to vary the scale so if you have a small check yeah let's say you have a check pattern on a chair um I wouldn't put another small check or small pattern on the other chair, say, ah. I would use the same colors and I would choose a larger scale pattern right. to go with the small scale check so that you've got a bit of balance. If, yes. if every single pattern in a space is all small, then it gets too busy. For your eyes, Mm -hmm. like there's too much going on. There's nothing, you know, like there's no contrast either.
0: Right, right.
1: So, when you vary the scale of the patterns, it's much more visually interesting.
0: That is so wise.
1: I love that idea. Yeah, and then you're keeping the colors the same, of course. You know, those are consistent, um, but the scale of the patterns very right so your eye is like oh I noticed that big leaf on that pattern and then I look over there and I see oh this small check it's the same exact color that's really cool
0: oh yeah <laughs> and that's blending like nature with the leaf and some more I don't know industrial like the check is more man-made versus the nature yeah. so that feels good too that's right
1: cool. Right, so so you can also combine line, mm-hmm. straight line, um, you know, right angles with mm-hmm. organic shapes that are not necessarily even at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that too. So you can mix patterns that way, also.
0: Yeah. Now, I, you had mentioned something about TV shows, and I'm I haven't watched any of these like redesign or. Remodeling TV shows, but is mm. that helping your business, or is it making everyone feel like they can do it themselves?
1: I I don't know that it's I I'm not sure that it's helping really. Mm. I feel like because it's TV, it's the magic of TV, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we don't see all of the things that happen behind the scenes and. I think it gives also a rather unrealistic expectation for people who don't know about design or are unfamiliar with it because mm. everything is done in half an hour. <laughs> <Right>. Wow, <laughs> they really pulled that off. You know, half an hour, cool. I could do that. Yeah. And that's unrealistic.
0: <laughs> for sure. And <laughs> like you said before, you never know what's behind that wall that they're taking no. out. Like one time we pulled up carpet in my house and we just 100% lucked out that there was beautiful hardwood floors underneath. There were some things going on with the hardwood floors, like some probably sun fading in some parts and stuff like that, but they were really beautiful. And we just got Mm. lucky because it could have been a really expensive weekend thing that Tara has an idea that we should pull up our carpets.
1: yeah yeah that's dangerous too Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) because when you start picking at it you you know exactly yeah there are the the potential for it going south gets bigger and bigger
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but then it was fun because we were able to pick out a rug that we really loved like an area rug that we liked and that might have cost the same probably a little less than re carpeting the room but it was something that we got to choose and we really liked it i am obsessed with purple couches that would probably oh. be my <laughs> thing and i'm even like i would
1: love to help you find <laughs> i would love to help you find that oh my god i love purple couches too
0: they're just the best i got one okay when i graduated from college and i got my very first apartment I went to the sofa couch store and there was this gorgeous purple couch. And so it was my first big purchase as an adult. So it even had that extra meaning for me, but it was so comfortable and it was a little sassy with like the backrest and it was so fun and it had threads of other colors. Now I'm remembering it in even more detail, like some gold and some red. It was so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what happened to it but we had to get rid of it and then I got another purple couch and it just wasn't the same. And now I oh. have a furnished apartment and nobody is going to choose a purple couch for a rental apartment.
1: <laughs> no, unfortunately, but oh boy, I would love to have seen your first sofa. Oh, it sounds beautiful.
0: It was so fun. Oh, it was so fun.
1: And that and that can just spark an entire rooms whole decor like, yeah you know when you find that piece yeah it's like gold it's exactly like, yes. but and then I around think
0: it would have been good for me to have a designer or somebody to help me choose the rest of the pieces because yeah. I think a lot of things fell apart after that in that room <laughs> you know like like why did you do what what's going on here you know like right yeah.
1: The couch was
0: amazing, but I probably didn't make some good decisions on some other
1: pieces. (laughs) Maybe because you didn't know about touch points. Oh, yeah. Because you weren't aware of maybe bringing in a couple of other purple things Mm -hmm. that would, you know, relate to the sofa. Right. And sort of create a more cohesive look. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what a touch point does. It, it makes everything cohesive and, and brings things together. So it looks intentional. Yes, exactly. You know,
0: like what color are your curtains when you have a purple couch? Like what, what do you do with everything else? I don't know. It just,
1: yeah. Right. Hmm. And yeah. And that's why, um, that's why designers make a plan before we ever go shopping yeah yeah I know I mean I think a lot of a lot of people just they think oh you know I need a new sofa now and they whip off to home goods or home Sense or whatever and they just look around and they kind of go oh well well now that I'm here gosh there are so many and how do I choose and what style should I get and what color should it be and yeah. you know they're standing in the middle of the store <laughs> completely bewildered because they didn't actually make a plan beforehand they just thought oh i need a new sofa right. and i'm going to go get one it's really not as as simple as like needing more milk <laughs> and going <laughs> to get more milk it's really exactly. quite different <laughs> um, so
0: how do you work with people do you go with them to the store
1: or do you do online sessions with people yeah, I do both. Okay. Um, so, I offer in-person services, which is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, so, I work with people in their homes near my house in Massachusetts, and I also use virtual um, design. You know, I I search for things online and I show people things online on design boards that I make for them, so they can see things together and then if it's an in-person project we'll go to the store to see the things to see the things in person <laughs> um so they can sit and see if it's comfortable does it fit their body you know do you like this piece does this table feel good no, not feel good but does it look good do you like the look of it so um with an in-person project we definitely go to the store like a couple times to actually see the object that's really important for people who hire me for in person other people like people who are more attracted to the virtual design they're maybe not so concerned about that or maybe they don't need a sofa you know maybe they need other pieces that it doesn't matter to them if they see them ahead of time or not Mm. and maybe they're more comfortable with returning something if they receive it and they're not so happy with it. Right. Um, so I use both. Mm -hmm. I go to the store with some clients and for others, it's completely online virtually. That's so cool.
0: Now, what about people like who might want reuse furniture? You can't really predict that or kind of shop online. How do you manage that? Because that's one area that I feel like I would like to work with a stylist, like a wardrobe stylist, but I am going to demand that we go to the secondhand store. We're not going to the regular store. And I'm such a pain for
1: that. (laughs) No, you like it. No, I would love that. Uh, I have yet to, to find a client who wants that specifically. Okay. So I'm I'm looking for that person. I'm looking for that person who wants to go to secondhand shops, thrift shops, um, used furniture, because I really believe in that. Mm-hmm. And the way I've dealt with that up to now is, well, what pieces do you have right now that we can reuse or repurpose? Mm-hmm. My clients have not yet embrace the entire second thing but they do stand using something that they've already got so that's good. so that is definitely part of the conversation with people um because i totally believe in that too one client she was very um taken with her camelback sofa very traditional shape camelback rolled arms wood legs and it had a really old, icky fabric on it. Uh-huh. So we reupholstered it. Yeah. And it's now, amazing. Yeah, it's got this really incredibly soft, <laughs> velvety fabric on it. Oh, nice. And it's just a beautiful sort of neutral color that's going to go with everything she ever wants for the rest of her life. Perfect. So, you know... That was, that was a total, that was a total score yeah. Um, for that piece because we could reuse it mm-hmm, and sure. she was into uh, having it reupholstered. Um, so that's another way that, that clients have gone about you know, it's not really secondhand, but it's repurposing something they already own. And for me, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, for sure.
0: (laughs) Because you get such solid, sturdy pieces, because those things that end up furniture that ends up at the secondhand store is not junk. It is A solid piece of wood that somebody made, and it's really good stuff. I'm always nervous to buy soft things like furniture at the secondhand store,
1: but that's a great
0: idea to reupholster. If you find a a shape that you're in love with, you can reupholster it
1: for sure. Yeah, I am too. I mean, I would not buy, I don't think I would buy a secondhand sofa and just Mm -hmm. leave it the way it is. Mm -hmm. It just feels a little, Sort of not as clean as it could be. Yeah. To yep. me. Yeah. And so reupholstering, um, you know, even getting new cushions, taking it down to the frame, yeah. And loving the frame and having that built back up and reupholstered. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. But definitely an investment. It's not a cheap way to go. Uh, okay. And at the same time, it will last you for so much longer. Right. you know maybe the maybe the piece is 20 30 years old and it's built well. yeah so if it's worth it to you, then it's worth it to do.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> you know and I
0: think that's how we're kind of half hippie. We're like, I want to go mm. to the secondhand store but not for a sofa. yeah <laughs> I want a yeah. clean
1: new sofa. <laughs> yes, that, that is nice. but like tables um you know, yeah. those sorts of things definitely. Yeah. Second hand. Even lighting is fun oh, secondhand. Yeah. I have a lot of little lamps that I've gotten secondhand and they're so funky. Right. And they're great. Yeah. It's just little bits of personality. That is
0: so fun. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> I yeah.
0: When I get my next place, it probably won't be furnished. And I I feel like I'm gonna get lost in choosing all of these pieces. So I'll probably give you a call because I'm nervous. I want, I still want a purple couch. Yeah. But the rest of it, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I would totally love to get you a purple couch. I really would. That would be so satisfying for me. Um, oh, that's so and, and with the purple couch, you know, we do need to make a design plan around it. Exactly. Um, so, you know, what else would be in the room? How do you use the space? What do you need in there? Uh, what yes. don't you need in there? Um, you know, how much lighting do you need? Do you read or is it just right. kind of a mood kind of place? Um, you know, do you need window treatment? So all of those decisions, yeah. you know, are also Part of the purple couch
0: <laughs> yes they definitely are that's very yeah. reassuring yeah. <laughs> that you, yeah you get it and you would plan ahead for oh, me yeah. because that's I wouldn't what I, plan ahead
1: <laughs> no most most of my clients don't and oh. they just don't have any idea how and yeah. that's what I help them with that's yeah. what, exactly what I help them with so you know again they're standing in the middle of home goods and like oh Where do I start? Really? Where do I start? How do I even do this? Yeah, And then they walk out empty handed because it's just too overwhelming or they walk out with something and they bring it home and they go, Oh my gosh, that's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Why did I buy this? (laughs) Can I return it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause stuff does look different once you get it home and put it in your own space.
1: Yes. Mm Yes. And if, if it doesn't relate to anything else you have in there, it sticks out like a sore thumb and you're like, Hmm, that's odd. (laughs) Yes.
0: Oh, that's so true. Um, I'm curious, is there anything about the interior design or, or interior decorating, uh, industry that frustrates
1: you? One reality of it is that it costs money. Mm. Like I said, with the reupholstering, the sofa, you know, That's an investment. It costs, I don't know, $1,000, something like Mm. that. You know, it could cost more. Mm. So it is an investment to do a design project, a decorating project. And I believe that the industry has a reputation of being only for the super rich. Yeah. Because it's an investment you know you can't even imagine you can spend millions millions of dollars on a house like people do right and I think that that aspect of it has kind of defined us as Mm -hmm. designers like yeah oh like you mentioned before I'm going to come in and go oh we need to knock this out we need to push this wall back and make an addition and, you know, do all the this stuff. And that's going to cost you, you know, X, 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 X number <laughs> of dollars. Yeah. Right. How many zeros can you add? So that for me is, is, is fine and it has a place and definitely the super rich need to be served. And there are plenty of interior designers who are very happy in that world. Mm. For me, just because I don't live in that world, Mm. I I guess I like to stay in my own world (laughs) and help people (laughs) in my own world because the designers who are helping the super rich, they're looking for the super rich fees. Yes. And, like I said, it's fine for them. For me, I want to help the little guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if you will, I wanna I wanna help people who who the mega designers wouldn't look at twice.
0: Mm, right. Because
1: why why can't they have a pretty home too? Mm-hmm. So that was one thing that I started my business on. Was like, well. I'd like to help all the rest of us. Yeah. You know, um people who are who are needing the help anyway. Yeah. And that's where virtual design I think has really um come into its own mm. because other designers, designers who practice virtual design, they realize that too. You know, they know that not everybody can spend a million dollars. Yeah. You know, on their room. Um, and some people, maybe they just want a new sofa. Maybe <laughs> all they want is the purple couch and, yeah. and then they're happy and they just need somebody to help them find it. Yeah.
0: You know, exactly. And our homes have become so important during oh. the pandemic, even after the pandemic. I had to move apartments because I was going crazy in my other place. So I feel like this place you know, part of what I'm paying for is that it's a beautiful apartment, but part of it is like therapy. Like this is my happy place and I'm paying for that too. So I think our homes and the way they're decorated and the way they make us feel has become so important.
1: Oh yeah. Vital. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's cool that you can do this online to help even more people because we all need it. I need it. And I'm definitely not a millionaire, right? But I want, I know what I want. I just don't want to mess the rest of it up. So it's, it's really cool.
1: Exactly. I know. And I, I just don't see anything wrong with serving like my own people, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you know? Yes. So Exactly. Um, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've kind of decided to stand in that niche yep. <laughs> of, of the not super rich. Right. And I feel very happy and comfortable right here.
0: <laughs> oh, good. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Switching back to kind of hippie and sustainability and that kind of stuff, just to wrap us up. Is there something you wish you were doing better for the planet for sustainability and all
1: that yeah I wish that first of all I could find those clients who are really into going to the secondhand shops yeah the second thing is I would love to be able to when I specify new products to know that they were made sustainably Mm. you know if there were a store like Crate and Barrel or Pottery Barn or whatever if if And they do have sustainable lines now.
0: Okay, that's West good.
1: West Elm, those those places, they do. But I would just love it if the whole place could be sustainable. You know. Yeah. And another thing is the the shipping. You know, oh, yes. products need to be shipped from wherever they're yep. made, uh, which is another reason for you know going to secondhand shops. Because they're local. Exactly. You know, they're right here and we can throw the table in the car and bring it home. Mm -hmm. It's not being shipped across the country. Yep. The first thing I could do is to educate my clients. So that's another thing that I could really, you know, I, yeah, I'm going to write that on my list, Yeah. write some blog posts about the importance of it, write a blog post about, whoa, where can you get it? Uh, yeah. write a blog post about going to 2nd shops yeah. why that's good um, so yeah another thing that I feel like I could do is to increase my my education for my clients
0: awesome yeah. that's very cool I'm glad you got some new
1: ideas for your new yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that today but that's awesome. I'll be writing this afternoon.
0: Yeah, I love it. I mean, that's what this is all about. We're we're all talking about something little we could do that's better for the exactly. planet. Exactly, we all can do a little bit better. We can. Um, what's your favorite like hippie thing that you do?
1: I put on my seventies playlist while I'm making dinner, and I like dance around the kitchen while I'm.
0: <laughs> oh, I love
1: that. Shopping things um so that's one thing I I yeah I can't live without my 70s playlist yeah um and I wear jeans to to work I wear jeans to clients I wear jeans almost anywhere um and I even wear bell bottoms so
0: yes (laughs) oh I'll
1: I'll throw on my my flare jeans and put a bright patterny top on and I'm good to go to any client. I, you know, for me, it's not a dress up thing. It's, it's, it's a fun thing. Yeah. And also it's very practical to wear jeans when I go to see a client, because quite often I will be measuring something Yeah. Um, more often on than the not. Floor. I'll be on the floor. I'll be crawling over their TV in order to measure the wall behind it. Uh, you know, I'll be yeah. like leaning over and trying to hold the tape measure here <laughs> and there. And yeah, I I can't imagine doing any of that in a pencil skirt. Oh, my gosh.
0: You are so on brand, like from top (laughs) to bottom. I love it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that sort of dressing up. uh, I really, I tried that. I tried so hard uh, when I was working for other designers to fit the mold, to look the part. It was so uncomfortable for me. And I didn't understand how designers would go to a construction site in stilettos and mm-hmm. like, what are you doing, lady? Yeah. Put your sneakers on, get those jeans on <laughs> Yes. you're going to get dirty. You're going right. to be, like you say, crawling around on the floor. Like, yeah. So yeah. for me, it's, it's practical to wear jeans.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and it, it reminds me to, you know, get back to myself. It's, yes. this is who it- I am exactly and
0: it's groovy like your your business my groovy home i love it like yeah yeah it's it's grounded in reality and in all these very cool things and it's more chill like we're not wearing high heels
1: no no it's not mm-hmm. upper crust no. i'm not trying <laughs> to impress impress people no um and i should say the name groovy home mm. it it's a tribute to my mom. Oh. Um, because she was groovy, I have to say. She was she was cool. Um, and she said the word groovy. Oh, that's like sweet. seriously. <laughs> you know, she she picked up on the lingo of of hippie and you know, she would say, Oh, that's groovy, baby. What? you know, oh, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> And she was so sweet and I loved her so much. And um She also was the person who introduced me to interior design.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah. Um, She and my dad had a few houses Mm. as I was growing up in the seventies and they absolutely loved working on houses. They loved knocking out walls. They loved making additions. They loved all of the decorating. They loved the space planning and they, it was like their hobby together and they worked so great as a team Mm -hmm. and our houses were really amazing. I have to say, I was, I was so fortunate to grow up with them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she's the person who taught me about mixing patterns and mixing colors. She taught me all of that. Like they dragged me to furniture stores and fabric (laughs) stores and wallpaper and like, oh, um and i got kind of tired of it but they did also let me choose everything for my uh bedroom when i was like 12 and they were redoing the house like oh well let's choose things for your room like what do you like and so like i consider that my first decorating project when i was 12 and um oh, yeah i have a couple of pictures on it uh, of it on my website um so anyway the term groovy home for me really it's really a tribute to my mom and she she taught me all those things and she made an incredible home for me and for us and Mm. and she was groovy so (laughs) that's the story behind the name I
0: love that (laughs) oh my gosh she's so sweet and you are too you're Oh, thank you. I just adore you. This is so fun. Okay, I have one last question for you. Okay. Are you optimistic about the future of climate change and the planet?
1: Mm. Oh, boy. You know, I am on, on one level, I'm very optimistic because I also think that more and more people are on the bandwagon. I think the more we say it in on the news, the more we say it in the media. Just keep saying it. It's a reality, people. We need to change our ways. Yeah. It's it's true, it's actually happening. Yeah. Um the more we do that, the more people, I believe, will get on the bandwagon of yeah. reducing, reusing, recycling. Um, So in that way, I'm optimistic. I don't know if I'm very optimistic about it as far as like governments and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the regulation needed to push programs through Mm -hmm. that would help our planet.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm not sure about the politicians. Mm -hmm. That's my sticking point. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't feel too optimistic about them. For that. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: know. I we have a lot of power as individuals, I think, to influence business. Yes. The the ones that we can influence. But yeah, the the governments, the politicians are
1: tricky. I Hmm. think so too. So I think this, you know, it's it's another grassroots movement, like Mm -hmm. like hippies. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) It's another, it's another issue that that just everyday people need to like, (laughs) say it out loud, say it proud, you know, (laughs) and, and influence people at the top. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's ground up.
0: Yeah. I think so too. We we have to, we have to put more pressure on the politicians than the businesses put on them because they should be serving us. Unfortunately, I don't think they are. Right. So that's what we need to change. I think
1: I am hopeful about the car companies though, because I'm seeing, you know, goals of having all electric cars by such and such a year. Um, you know, Volvo, I think has that goal for themselves. Um, I think a few other car companies do. So I do feel hopeful about that.
0: I'm seeing my very favorite thing lately is I see an ad all over billboards, all over Lisbon for the Ford Mustang that's all electric. And I don't think you guys even have it in the US, which blows my mind, but we have it here and it's so cute and (gasps) electric. And I'm like, why why don't they make that in the US? I wonder what their excuse is. I have to do some research about this, but it's very exciting. Yeah, I think the cars are fun. It's only it's only progress, you know,
1: to have right.
0: different energy sources. That's only progress, so.
1: Exactly, let's exactly. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I've heard that one of the one of the things that prevents people from buying an all electric car is the charging stations, like yeah. where you know, it's not just down the street around the corner and you find a gas station. Right. They don't exist like that yet. Yeah. So that's another thing. Like, we need more charging stations, infrastructure. Yeah. yeah. I
0: know. Because here in Lisbon, there are way more electric charging stations than there wow. are gas stations. I think wow. there might be like six gas stations in Lisbon. You have to drive to the gas station, but electric charging stations everywhere.
1: Wow. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. That is so great to hear. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Ah, I want I think- that here.
0: Yeah, I think that's what's possible in big cities. Yeah. I think in smaller towns, which makes up most of the US, I guess the, the infrastructure is a little more difficult. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. This was so fun. I could talk about design forever. I mentioned to you <laughs> when we were working together, my green bathroom, and I found a picture of it the oh, other yeah. day and I thought of you. I should send it to you. It's you so should. disgusting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see it.
0: But I love to get creative in my house and, you know, express yeah. myself through the things I have in my home. And this one, like oh, I yeah. said, is my favorite place. My bedroom is my heaven in this apartment. <gasps> it's just the best ever. I should take you on a tour. We'll hang up and I'll take you on a tour of my
1: apartment. So that would be great. It. Yes. But thank I'm you. A, yeah. Oh, you're totally welcome. It was, it was totally my pleasure.
0: And I help people get in contact with you. You have a quiz for people. Tell me about your quiz.
1: I do. It's a color quiz. Okay. Because people are intimidated by color. Yeah. And when you're faced with thousands of choices at the paint shop, you know, (laughs) it's no wonder people get overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and they can't make a decision. Yeah. Like, well, you know, this yellow or that yellow. Yeah, you know, there's so many choices. Yeah, and it's too much. So how do you narrow it down? Mm -hmm. So that's what my quiz does. It Ah. it helps you narrow down your choices.
0: Awesome.
1: According to your character, and your aesthetic, and your idea of home, that's what I based the quiz on. Nice. Um, So those three aspects. I linked them to a color palette of just seven colors. Okay. Only seven. Yeah. <laughs> Not seven thousand. <000.
0: laughs> good. Good. So,
1: you know, each result from the quiz gets a palette of seven colors, and a few suggestions on how to use them. And then I also threw in um, a style, a style surprise. Ooh. So you'll have to take the quiz to find out what that is. But um so I married the color part of it with a style.
0: That is really fun. Okay, so yeah. you can find that quiz at
1: mygroovyhome.com at the top of the page. Yep. Yeah. Yes, it's in a little bar at the top. It says take the quiz and it's in purple. <laughs> so you <laughs> can course, see it. Of course it is. <laughs> it's my favorite color. How could I not put some purple in there? <laughs>
0: That's why I want
1: to see your purple sofa.
0: Oh my gosh. I'll find a picture. I'll send it to you.
1: (laughs) Okay. Awesome.
0: Oh, well, thank you. This was so fun.
1: Yeah, this was great. I loved it. Thank you. Well, that was so
0: fun. I love her passion for design and for reusing the space that we already have instead of tearing it down and creating something new. Let's take what we have and make it beautiful and use colors and patterns and and things like that to make our home the sanctuary that it should be. And the conversation was just so fun. I hope you'll go to her website mygroovyhome.com and take the color quiz and if you're considering redesign or redecorating your home, think about how you can do that with sustainability in mind. It's a fun challenge, right? Also, check out Instagram at half hippie podcast and I'll share some pictures of the purple couch that we talked about. Maybe a little too much, but it really was cool. And my bedroom, which is absolutely gorgeous and different style inspiration for interior design. So thank you for listening. Check us out on Instagram and I'll catch you soon.